Welcome, Welcome to the Lighthearted Podcast Adventure with four pastors who discuss God, His Word, and some other stuff. This is Pastors Live, a Rev FM production from Water Springs Church, Idaho Falls. Here now are Pastors Dave, Ty, Shane, and the other guy. Hey everybody, it's Friday, it's June 9th. This is Pastors Live, and it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, the, it's the trio today. Uh, today, so it's a trio. Got Pastor Dave in the studio. Hey, I'm Ty. I'm glad to be here. And then we've Dave. also got Gary Austin, Pastors. Uh, Voice of the Valley, and we're having a wonderful time uh, here, just seeking sure the Lord are. and yeah. having a you're just having some time. Where we're like, okay, it is National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. Um, not my favorite pie, but it, apparently it's the day for it. Um, Dave, do you like rhubarb pie? Do you? Absolutely um, not. I, I, I despise it. Um, I don't understand eating red celery with strawberries. My dad, I that was his that. favorite pie. Re- really? My dad's favorite pie was so, strawberry so rhubarb. For yeah. me, any celery is just like when you want to drink water with hair. Um, and so <laughs> I just, I, you know, and I eat I, a lot of celery, by the way. That. I do. I eat a lot of celery to, to try and stay healthy. So um, I understand that. But. Uh, rhubarb to me was the whole other side of that. I just remember being a young kid and not being allowed to touch the leaves because the leaves of rhubarb are not good for you. No, um, they're poisonous. And so, and so, wait. A, so I used to ask my mom. So wait a minute. So the leaves are poisonous, but the stalk's not poisonous. But we're going to go ahead and cover the stalks of the poisonous leaves with sugar and put them in a pie with strawberries. I'm so, so <laughs> yeah, I was like no, totally out. No I was, that was a no for me, uh, Gary. Gary. I like it. Yeah. Do you? you I, really? I have always liked it. Yeah. Strawberry oh, I, rhubarb. So, strawberry rhubarb. So as I as I always said, Ty, I love strawberry rhubarb, Ty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. no, I'm going to stick with my original on that one. Uh, no, I have to ask the question. I think we're obligated to ask Gary, does Carrie make it? Uh, she does. Really? That's why. Yeah. That's why. I love okay. that woman so much. <laughs> yeah, all right. Your wife is absolutely amazing. Well, and speaking oh, of that, you. so she Carrie, is. it's National Meal Prep Day. So... <laughs> Uh, and, and again, G- Gary comes up and finds these national days of. Hey, I and thought so, we were not going to do food anymore. Wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Stop, it. Stop the tape here. Wait, we it. had already agreed we were not doing more food days. Right? I thought we'd had that conversation. I'm but down six pounds, guys. I'm losing. I'm going back the other way. Yeah. Working hard at it. I come in here, honking Gary's doing stinking food days again it you know it, it was because of the options <laughs> yeah. okay. oh apparently the options fair were enough. really good fair okay. enough <laughs> well and speaking of options uh we've got some uh, yeah well yesterday we we're speaking of being fit and of course in our reading today uh we see uh that's we why see, he brought up food today right yeah well we see, <laughs> yeah that's right well we see a chariot being overtaken and yes so uh so you you know what if oh, you're gonna right. if you're gonna overtake a chariot you need to be healthy there you go. uh but you know i don't think the chariot was in a I'm, I'm sure the Ethiopian eunuch was not in a hurry. He's not because he's reading. He's reading. So yep. let's just clarify. And so when the Holy Spirit tells him, go overtake the chariot, he runs up and he overtakes the chariot and he's walking alongside. I don't think this is a this is something that he's obviously probably jogging because you know obviously you got horses pulling it. But if he's reading and he's reading a scroll that's handwritten, let's clarify. Probably not going super super fast. But you know, but I love it. It says, "Hey, well, come up and you know, you know, and who's who's the prophet writing about?" And I love that passage because it just shows us that you can find Jesus everywhere in the Bible, you know, That's and right. you find Jesus in every book of the Bible, um, and and it is it's so beautiful to see Jesus everywhere that you read in the scriptures because it's Jesus who said, "Hey, in the volume of the book, it's written of me," um, and we see at the end of Luke that he goes 
through the law and the prophets and Moses. He says, look, this is, he explains to them how the Christ ought to have suffered and died. And so the, the idea of understanding that the whole of the scriptures speaks to Jesus explains why, well, we're kind of a Jesus church around here and we're doing the Jesus thing all the time. And uh, we talk about him, we love him, we worship him. Well, I love this in, in Acts 8 and verse 35, <clears throat> you know, when Philip is explaining it to the eunuch, he doesn't start talking doctrine. It says he began at that same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus. And I love what you're saying, Ty, because it would have been easy to say, well, let's talk about the doctrine here, you know. And Philip uh, just says, hey, let's talk about Jesus. And then at the end of it all, verse 39, uh, you know, Philip is caught away by the Spirit of the Lord. And it says, the eunuch saw him no more and went his way rejoicing. And man, that's the way it should be. When people come to faith in Christ, they should go their way rejoicing. Yes, 100%. Yep. And I, I, I want to point out something that, you know, uh, theology is not a brain science. It's a heart. It's a heart thing. You know, theology is not just about learning facts. Theology is about learning about God. Yeah. And so that's where I think we get messed up. I know that I've, I've read a lot of theology books when I was a young Christian that were very kind of cut and dry this is this, this is this, this is this, this is this. Kind of like my some of my first hermeneutic books I ever wrote, read, you know. It's like this and this and this and this. And and it's it's not about it, it wasn't about Jesus, but when I began to learn at another level, I began to realize and I had a professor say theology is relational. If theology is not relational, it's not theology because theology is the study of God. God desires relationship because the whole point of the biblical narrative is restoration of relationship between God and man. That's the cosmological picture of God bringing yeah. it all back together from Genesis to Revelation. When we miss that, we miss the big picture of what God is saying. Yeah. It, it's like, um, okay, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter five, for example. And Dave, I know you and I know this. We know this passage backwards and forwards, mm-hmm. but keeping in mind something that, you know, we have a tendency, a lot of guys get stuck, you know, in verse 22, it's <laughs> wives submit your husbands, as, you know, unto the Lord. They, they just say wives submit your husbands. They put a period there instead of reading the rest of the sentence. But here's the issue. In that whole passage, Paul owns it. He says, but yeah, but you know what? I'm really speaking of Christ in the church. Right. I am speaking of the larger picture of redemption and how Christ is the head and how the body is protected by and nourished by and lifted up and made pure by Christ. I mean, he's he's actually, that's the large, it's the huge picture of the gospel that's narrative. Right. And I think sometimes we miss that and we miss that, uh, you know, hey man, I wanna go to Bible college. And I've met a lot of Bible college students and uh, Bible, uh, you know, Bible graduates that they are not in a relationship with their theology. They're, they know their theology, but they're not in a relationship with their theology. And what I mean by that is they're not in the relationship with the God they studied. They just know facts. Right. And they're not in relationship with God. If we're not in relationship with God, I think we're missing out on our theology. Well, yeah, I had a guy come in my office uh, last week or a week before, whenever it was. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he, he came in my office and was kind of slamming systematic theology. And he had he was looking for somebody to kind of agree with his particular eschatology. And, and so he was slamming uh, systematic theology. And I just thought, well, 
if your systematic theology is not leading you into relationship with Jesus, yeah, that's a problem. Now you're just, uh, you're in an academic exercise. Right. But if your systematic theology is drawing you into a personal, deeper relationship with Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and the study of his word, um, then it's very valuable. And so, you know, we want to be very careful, I think, um, you know, not just you and I, Ty, but uh, our, our listeners and people who are born-again Christians, we want to be careful that we don't um, poo-poo theology uh, like it's a bad thing or doctrine like it's a bad thing. My dad used to tell this joke uh, about the uh, the fellow that just graduated seminary, and so he was given an opportunity to preach at the church. And when he got done preaching, a fellow came up to him and said, that was really good, son. You didn't have no doctrine nor nothing. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, no, no, no. Uh, doctrine's important. Doctrine's valuable. Theology is valuable as it leads us into a deeper relationship with our Lord Jesus. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I, I, that was my heart when I started studying. And I, I think that for me, you know, when I, when I look at systematic theology, and for those of you who don't know what systematic theology is, Systematic theology is when you go through and you take every passage regarding a subject and you put it together, and that's where you draw your conclusions from. Um, I was I was in a program that dealt with integrated biblical theology, mm-hmm. which which basically it's the same thing. However, I have to come and draw a conclusion from the systematic study of Scripture. So that means I have to hold a position, even with some scriptures that might seem like they they're. Um, I don't want to use the word conflict but there's tension uh between things um and so like things that aren't absolutes you know things that are not die fors like the decide fors and the debate overs and and so i i love that idea of like i'm gonna i'm gonna try and come up with my conclusion with the fewest amount of problems and so that's what i want to do when i'm sure. studying and so systematic theology is a, a wonderful way to do it i actually dave i have a book next to my systematic theology book in my office which is israelology because my systematic theology book the big thick one i had didn't right. have israel in it right and so right, right. because so, it was written because pre- it was written pre 1948 right so another one said <clears throat> this is the book that's missing from your systematic theology and it's just as thick yeah as a systematic theology book right because israel's important and by the way we're going to israel in june of 2024 so if you want to go it. you know check wait. it out man i can't wait hey, bro. We, we got some comments that came in and some questions Bring here them all. so here we go uh, good day, pastors. Good day. Good day. All right. Um, so must be from I, Australia. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I've missed your podcast since you have almost 800 episodes. <laughs> we don't either. We Where don't, have you yeah, been? Yeah, yeah, we don't either. Come on. But alas, grateful to have heard the promos on the radio and led me in the right direction. I love the book of Acts and hearing from the apostle Stephen. Now, how come we don't hear more from Stephen and others in the Bible? And this is from Bobette, and she is in Island Park in Ashton. Nice. And listen, I, I uh, want this is a, the Deacon Stephen. The Deacon Stephen. So yeah. yeah. Well, and and so uh, I I thought it was very interesting. Let's we want to clarify that because Stephen wasn't necessarily numbered one of the twelve. Right. Uh, Matthias. He was one of the seven. He was decide, one of the seven uh, uh, deacons. deacons. Yes. Yeah. And so, and how come we don't hear more from him? Um, well, the Holy Spirit did not seem fit to give us more uh, because when you start looking at Luke's narrative, and remember, Acts is Luke's narrative. And so uh, Luke writes the Gospel of Luke to Theophilus, and then he continues writing 
uh, the acts of the church. And he focuses in on two main characters um, as we go through that. He focuses in on Peter, and then he focuses in on Paul because he ends up as the companion of Paul, but he had to bridge the gap to where he comes into the narrative. Uh, but you know what? We have prophets in the Old Testament that we don't have books from. Right. right. Let's just be real. We have prophets that we know were prophets, but we don't have books from those prophets. And um, and how come we don't hear from them? Because God didn't seem fit to put them in the canon of Scripture, right. and that's okay. And I, I think we, we have to own that. You, you do understand that Matthias has chosen to take the place of Judas, and that's the last we see his name. Yeah, right. And I can right. guarantee you he was not a slouch. I can right. guarantee you he was about the business of the kingdom of God. Sure. Um, and, uh, and all of them were. Um, many of them died for their faith. We see them kind of sometimes pop back up in the hall of faith. Uh, people that you know we don't hear a lot from. In the, the other scripture. thing is Stephen kind of blew the whole wad right here. <laughs> I mean, he yeah, did, he kind of he, he did the yeah. whole thing. He he pulled out every every dollar he had and spent it right here in in Acts chapter seven. I mean, yeah. man, this is <clears throat> such an amazing sermon. And uh, Sylvia and I are going through right now in our personal devotions at home, and we're just kind of picking this sermon apart. I don't mean picking it apart like it's a bad thing. I mean. Uh, parsing through it. Uh, and it's just interesting how many times Stephen brings up the point, hey, this guy came the first time, but he wasn't accepted until the second time. And over and over and over and over again, he, he makes that point. He came once, but he wasn't accepted until the second come. This guy came once and spoke, but he wasn't accepted until the second come. Hey, you guys are all spun up about Moses. You guys didn't expect uh, accept him the first time, uh, you know. In fact, you he got chided. Or hey, you're gonna you know kill us like you killed that Egyptian, you know. But it was later on that he was accepted, and then he brings in Jesus. And man, you know, uh, he he just does this great history, sort of a, a survey of Israel's history, really, if you will, uh, in here in Acts chapter seven. And um, yeah, it seems like Stephen just did the whole thing in one shot. Yeah, and he didn't mess around, and I Ooh. love I love what he said too, because that's a and it was it was interesting. I just I wrote this in a in our letter to the church the other day, but the um, <laughs> the issue of uh, post ascension appearances of Jesus, which we have, uh, we he he appears he's going to appear to Paul, but he appears to Stephen, and you know it says that. Stephen saw the Son of Man standing at the right hand uh, of, of the Father. And, and he, as he does that, he looks at Jesus. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, which means he understood the gospel. He understood mm-hmm. the message of grace for the undeserving. And when you think about God's grace for the undeserving, and we think about, because he references Moses and the mess in the wilderness and all that stuff, right? So when you think about when God loves his people, right? You think about Exodus uh, 34, 6, and 7, right. where it says, you know, God is compassionate and long-suffering. He's compassionate and long-suffering to who? To um, idol-worshiping uh, children in the wilderness. That's mm-hmm. who he's, he's, he's describing himself to the people that have worshiped the golden calf. And that beautiful picture of his grace and his kindness and his mercy towards them. And I, I love that. But yeah, again, we do have a lot of characters in the scripture. We just don't, we hear from once and we don't hear from again. Right. And it's because unless it, it drives the message of Jesus, let's be real, unless it drives the message of Christ, which is the overarching uh, story of the Bible, it's not necessary. It's like there's a whole bunch of world history that goes. It's going on that's not in the Bible. Right. Like there's all kinds of other things that are going on in the world that we don't see 
in the biblical text because uh, it doesn't affect the narrative in the story uh, that is being something given I, to us. Something I just thought of, Pastor Ty, um, in a subtle way, we do hear from Stephen through the ministry of Paul, right? Chapter 8 of Acts begins, and Saul, and then chapter 9 begins, and Saul. And throughout his writings, the Apostle Paul's writings, um, there, seem, he, there seems to be this subtle angst about this event. Because he held the coats. Yeah, that, yeah. that he never kind of lets himself off the hook for this. He, I, think that, I think that was the nightmare for him because when he re, I think when he refers to himself as the chief of sinners, I think there's a, there's a point where he recognizes that he, he stood as witness of a, of a right. real faithful martyr. And his first public sermon, Paul, the apostle Saul of Tarsus, is almost verbatim Stephen's sermon. Uh-huh. So I, there's a subtlety there where we kind of do keep hearing from Stephen in that his testimony, his witness, that sermon uh, affects our brother Paul. And continues on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we do have another one that came in. I think we've got time to answer this one, but it says, hey there. Uh, I think this is the right email to get to the pastors, but just in case, can you pass it on <laughs> along for me? Absolutely, we have it. Pastorslive uh, at the rev.fm, by right. the way. Yeah, well, we forgot to say that yesterday at all. So, pastorslive at the rev.fm. Uh, and so, uh, I, I've been told many years to pray, read, and study the Bible to help protect myself and family against the modern day idols of the world that the world worships. Um, is there a better answer? from falling prey to worshiping the modern-day idols. This is from Christine uh, here in Idaho Falls. Well, first of all, uh, the spiritual disciplines of prayer, uh, studying the Bible, being in relationship with God, uh, you know, reading and studying, um, yes, those things, they change our mind, and when our mind is changed, our actions are changed. What we love changes, because we love God, we don't love the things of this world. Uh, but as far as like other things, oh yeah, I'd say there are other things that we can do. Yeah, be, um, be part of a local body of believers. One hundred percent. Yes. Where when the predator uh, goes after his prey and he's chasing the 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 prey, who does he go after? Those who are sick, those who are lingering behind. Uh, he typically does not go after the ones that are in the middle of the pack. Or the middle of the flock. Middle of the flock, yeah, and, and the, that's a that's a huge issue. Again, we like we mentioned that yesterday, uh, Hebrews uh, ten yep. twenty four and twenty five. Um, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, right? You know, and and the idea, let us lay aside every weight which you know easily snares us up and drips us down, and and let's stir one another up to love and good works. Let's do that stuff, but let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and even so much more as we see the day approaching. Right. Uh, it's a general paraphrase of the, of the passage, but. But you have to understand that it is important to, like reading and praying is focusing on Jesus, but then coming into a community for that health is really, really important. Other ways that there are some really pragmatic ways that we can um, keep ourselves from the world's idols. Uh, screen time. I mean, shutting screen time down. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, I, my work schedule has been such that I, I checked my screen time in the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, oh, okay, this has got to change uh, because I've been I've been using it more for work, and I'm like, okay, this has got to stop. I, I gotta, I, I can't keep this up because this isn't, this is good. My computer is open in front of me, almost, you know, six to eight hours a day, depending on what I'm doing. If I'm if I'm having a study day, 
I'm in front of a computer for eight hours. I mean, when I'm studying, that's that's what I'm doing. It's it's eight hours. This is, and people are thinking, don't you have books? Yes, I do. They're usually open next to the computer. I'm kind of making the point, right? So we use technology, but uh, closing technology down. But I think unplugging is a. I think unplugging. Yeah. And connecting physically with your family, again, is really important. Let me explain that. So the idea that the uh, dopamine addiction that cell phones create is unreal. And so we do have a dopamine addiction. Dave, if I told you, hey, Dave, every morning when I get up, I I have to have a Guinness before I start my day. Uh, would you say I probably had a drinking problem? Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. And by the way, just to clarify, I don't, so don't start a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> but how many people have to check their cell phones before they get out of bed? Right. And that's an addictive issue. Yep. And cell phones are addictive. Steve Jobs knew it was addictive. He wouldn't let his kids have them. Right. You, you got to own that. Right. And so cell phones are addictive. So unplugging, it, it helps. And, and if you're thinking about the dopamine that you get from your phone, the best way to replace that is with a hug. Like, you know what? So as a family, put your phones in a basket and cuddle up on the couch, watch a fun movie, or play a game together. But go if you for want, a bike ride. Go, go for, for a, a bike ride. Do something. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. But unplug and so unplugging is absolutely essential and the bible also tells us that god will surround us with songs of deliverance and i think that's so important you know what um there's a lot of filth out there and i've i i've been away from it for so long i just don't typically i don't listen to secular music and it always cracks me up if we're out somewhere and we'll hear a song and sylvie goes oh i heard that song on some program or some movie or whatever we don't know the I, I have no idea who the musician is. I have no idea of the lyrics. But Christian songs, man, songs of deliverance. Surround yourself with songs of deliverance so that as you're falling off to sleep or as you're going for a walk or whatever it might be, that this is the music that is being, you know, you're, you're thinking about it. You're you're chewing it over. You're this is the stuff that is in your mind. Not the filth of this world. I, I heard a song the other day, and I just thought, how could moms and dads let their children listen to this filth? Dude, it was D- just Baby Shark, it. dude. You know? <laughs> it was just Baby Shark. I don't baby even know shark. what that means. But okay. <laughs> but, Gary knows. Gary um, knows. Gary got the joke. Surround got it, yourselves yeah. with the Word of God, the people of God, the music of God. Hey, it's Friday. Go to church this week and make plans right now. Doggone it. Whatever else happens, I am going to a local Bible-believing, Bible-teaching yep. church this week. Yep, we're, we're in the middle of Acts chapter 1, so come check it out this weekend here at Water Springs Church uh, at twenty, uh, well, 4250 South 25th East here in Idaho Falls. And by the way, I do want to let you guys know, um, they are going to start road construction uh, this coming Monday. And so uh, don't let that stop you from coming to church. Right. Don't let that stop you from coming to church. In fact... I think we should just kind of show this. Hey, you can't, you can't, sh- you can't slow the church down just because you tear the road up. Right. Because uh, well, we live in Idaho. We all got four wheel drive, so we'll there make it. Go. So, all right, hey, listen, you loved your family. We're out. Pastors Live is a Rev FM production from Idaho Falls, Idaho, and is made possible by the Ministry of Greenhouse Coffee. Send your questions and comments by email to pastorslive at therev.fm. Then listen for their response on another episode of the lighthearted podcast adventure, Pastors Pastors Live. Live.